With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Showtime. Log Talk Radio. I was All waiting right. on that, William. Sunday night, late <laughs> night radio. Up this morning, looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Say, 
That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Who Sorry, would not want to say that's cool? Okay, let's go ahead and do this. Hey, everyone, welcome to another exciting episode here on Currency and Friends. Today, we've got, oh my gosh, I got, I, I got a woman on here today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is this unusual? Yeah. Is this unusual? Yes. It is unusual yeah. because wow. I'm surrounded by guys all the time. I think the last woman we had on, Peggy, was uh, Deborah Lamb, a B-movie actress. Oh, uh, really? Deborah. Now. <laughs> Maybe Rainy Deborah's Young, so an author. Cool. But... She's like, okay, okay, I'm going to, I'm filming you. Do something. What? What do you want oh, me to Oh, Francie, we did recently have that woman. Um, oh, I forgot her name already. Uh, for, uh, from Michelle. the military. Uh, Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. Which yeah, one, yeah. you know, you read her biography and it's like, what? Uh, I cleaned the kitchen today. And she's like, good for you. Yeah, Michelle's, Michelle's office is awesome also. So, okay. <laughs> Who's our guest tonight? <laughs> This Michigan author Peggy Christie, and found one of the founders of the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers tonight. Hello. Awesome. Welcome to the show, hello. Peggy. Well, hello, hello, hello. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you being here. I gotta make one announcement because I don't know if William and Tom seen it. They're really good friends with him. Aaron D. Johnson were one first place in the uh, boutique in England. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, over over the United okay. Kingdom. So yeah, I think bad. I saw one of that. Across yeah, the pond. so. So congratulations to Andy Johnson. Do we salute that? I mean, it, it, he's American. Um, well, it does sponsor the show, so we got to give him some uh, props, you know? Yes. Yes. And William, Tom, your, so, your soap is coming soon. You're going to love okay. it. I even awesome. told uh, Andy Johnston, uh, Hermie, I thought he was loving on me. By the way, because I have this little bearded dragon, and I thought he was loving on me. It turns out that he was pooping on my chest. <laughs> well, isn't that and a bearded dragon sign of love? I had nowhere to go yep. with this, and yep. I was like, Nick! <laughs> I'm calling through Echo. I was like, Nick, you need to get here now. I can't move. And then when we were cleaning it off my T-shirt, I was puking. I threw up everywhere. But the honest Amish soap took away all that bad stuff. Oh, good to know. I'll find them later. Okay, so on the Amish, 
You guys are going to get your soap. You're going to love it. Go to Honest Amish. Uh, put in the uh, promo code Talking Beards, and you get 15% off on your discount. And I, I met Aaron D. Johnston face-to-face. Love this guy. He will definitely take care of you. So, any other requests tonight? Well, is there anybody else wants to make? Uh, well, um, Black Bedsheet Books actually just came out with its first line of audio books this week. They got like cool. about, I think, like 10, uh, including ours, Tom. Um, yeah. uh, so, I mean, uh, geez, I've been like really working on that, and I've got like new um, authors that uh, I just accepted, and a few of them. I've announced on Facebook already, but there's a whole bunch this week that I'm going to announce. Plus, I'm still working on Eric Shuttleworth's um, Evil Houses collection, and um, Raina Young edited A Scream in the Night 2, our all-women's anthology sequel, and uh, Mm -hmm. that should be out by by next weekend, actually. So uh, we've got a lot going on at Black Bedsheet Books, and... uh, we're we're a monster. We've got like uh, 170 <laughs> authors or something like that. So wow. yes, cool. it's fantastic. Been going strong since 2008, and uh, and and still going. Woohoo! And stuff uh, <laughs> on writersoasis.com. They call us uh, the number 13 in the top 20 list of West Coast publishers. So yeah. Stuff and things. And our uh, friend Francine Friends is sponsored by Black Bedsheet as well. And that's how we kind of met, too, because I was a guest on Francie's show in 2009 with Black Bedsheet Books and then my stuff. Uh, So, um, yeah, so long, rich history here. And check it out at blackbedsheetbooks.com or check me out at downwarden.com, which is really cool. Nice. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> How about you, William? What's your announcements? Well, basically, uh, just to let everybody know, uh, I got some uh, big plans coming up on uh, November uh, the 22nd. So, uh, for starters, I'm still coordinating the venue, but uh, if anybody would like to come into the South Florida area for that day, I'll be hosting a uh, book launch party. I'll be... Uh, Relaunching the Legend of Graham How to Claire. It's been, it's been signed off to the distributors, so uh, it will be available nationwide just in time for Thanksgiving. So, cool. that's really I, I, cool. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, yeah that's uh, it, it's taken it, this, uh, this whole series has taken me almost uh, 31 years to write. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to talk this into the better late than never. <laughs> Oh, yeah, better too late until like you're dead, us. man. Yeah. Yep. Better than when you're dead, yeah. Yep. Never too late until you're dead. Well, I guess that leaves me. I like William, I have uh, my novel Suspicious Minds and Murders coming out November twenty second, officially nationwide. That's what I was told, so and for that, hopefully if I can get copies in time and everything, I will uh try to have a book release party at my favorite watering hole, Kennedy's Irish Pub in Waterford, so but some of the scenes do take place there, so, you know, so, you know, 
And, you know, basically that on top of uh, uh, In Robbie Trust 2 would come out in July. So, you know, I'm like <laughs> Nick, Nick says, I have that urge, that nagging urge to write. So, you know, it's like I can't stop or, you know, I'm thinking up new ideas. But, yep, so my book comes out the 22nd, Suspicious Minds and Murders, and book release party at my favorite bar, December 3rd. And then from there, making plans for other things. So, hopefully. Nice. There we go. Yeah. You want me to introduce Peggy? <laughs> okay, well. Have it. I think we should. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm kind of nasally tonight. Sinuses are bad. But with us tonight is Michigan author, mainly horror author, Peggy Christie. And she's also a founder of the Great Lakes, one of the founders of the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers, who's with us. And, well, Peggy, tell Hello. us about yourself. How did you get started? <laughs> Oh, God. You want to start with that yeah. one? Okay. Um, yeah, hello. Well, hello. <laughs> Thank you all for having me on the show. Um, yeah, You're no, I, I actually am one of those people that got the later start um, in writing. Um, kind of like we were just saying, it's like, you know, it's never too late. But um, uh-huh. I didn't really get started until I was uh, around 30, and I had a real shit day at work. I was a secretary for an advertising agency downtown Detroit. And uh, I was doing, um, like, my job, and then I was covering, like, another woman because, like, that secretary was gone. So they were basically having me doing two jobs, no increase in pay, of course. But, you know, that's the way of the world, I suppose. But I was just really mad. You know, yeah. And I was just really mad. I was having, actually, a bad secretary's day. And, like, the main manager, like, never said anything to me. Not, I don't even want anything. I just wanted to thank you, but I never even got that. So I started writing a story um, about a secretary who is accidentally murdered by her jerk boss. And he covers it up. And then she comes back, uh, like, about a week later or so to get revenge. And it's not particularly original, but I felt so good after writing that. And I thought, well, shit, I wonder if I can do that again. And kind of started plucking stuff from, like, experiences and just stuff that I had gone through. And I'm like, okay, okay, next thing I know, you know, it's 20 years later. And I'm, and now I'm doing a podcast and I'm getting stuff published. So it's actually pretty cool. So I actually yeah. told my boss, like, a year later that I was like, it's your fault that I started doing this. And he kind of laughed about it. So. <laughs> he thought it was funny. Yeah, it's kind of fun right, writing about people that piss you I mean, off and killing them in your stories. Look at it. Woman scorn, dude. You get to kill your ex-boyfriend. It is actually better to do it, you know, in fiction than to do oh, it in yeah. real life. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's... You, no you can read more benefits that way. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, it's safer that way. It's, but it's also, I just kind of discovered it's, it's very cathartic. So any kind of demons or anything you're dealing with and you just maybe don't have a way to process it or whatever. And it's like writing it out, even if it's just in a journal or maybe a scrap of paper or in a story or, you know, whatever, is, you know, works best for you is actually just a really great way to kind of release all that crap that gets stuck inside us and that most of us hold on to a lot of times. So, Oh yeah. It's, you know, and you I don't agree. go to jail usually. I mean, it, you know, we always joke about how like if the FBI searched any of the like search histories on any of our browsers, we'd all be going to jail. 
serial killer or how to kill somebody. You know. not
Okay. I haven't. I was too fast. I got away from it, so you know. <laughs> you were too, fast. too quick. I didn't call it yet. Guys, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I did it willingly for research purposes, and that's about it. Yeah. Were there air quotes around willingly when you said that? Yeah. <laughs> I did it willingly. William. <laughs> it's okay. We're all friends here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. If you say that you you've been in Facebook jail, we all know that you've been in. Jail. I know I have been three times. Well, there you well, go. Yeah, See? I mean, yeah. Oh, I, you know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a repeat Facebook offender, so me nice. too. We'll say that okay. one. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so we got that out of them. Yeah. <laughs> so Peggy, um, yeah. tell us about your, jail. one kind of graphic novel collaboration with an artist that we both know. It was a zombie one, the Western one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's an illustrated novelette. It's called Fistful of Dead Folk, and it's basically a zombie Western. Um, and David Hayes and I uh, co-wrote it, and he actually just finished – he had to reformat it. So he had a lot of stuff going on in his life with work and school and family and all that. So he's finally gotten a chance, and it's now available, Kindle and Amazon. So I'm so glad because I actually did have quite a few people asking me if it was ever coming back to print, which wow. now it is. So hooray. Yeah, so um, – and it's, I, I think, I give originally... It, I endorse it highly. It was very good. It was excellent. Yeah, I enjoyed reading it. It they, was great story. David, David originally wrote, like, the full thing. It was going to be a movie. But I guess, like, the director dropped out or him and his girlfriend, who was, like, the main star, broke up. I don't even remember. But so, like, half of it had to be rewritten. So David asked me to to come in on that. I'm like, oh, okay. And that was so much fun because it's it's not one of those, like, particularly serious stories it's like don't you know don't take it too seriously it's just a lot of fun and uh the artwork there's a bunch of different artists in it but i know don england who did the cover and some of the inside uh artwork as well um um it's just it looks so good it looks so cool and uh i'm just so excited that it's 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 available in paperback again so yeah that just actually i think it just came out today I think it was released today or yesterday. No, I can't remember. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, yeah. I know I got a, one of the few copies earlier before and enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. it inspired mm-hmm. me to try to think of stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that, David, you know? I don't know where David comes up with that shit, but I'm glad he included me in on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a question. This could be just for Peggy or for all of us writers here. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I read the, the great writers and kind of, you know, say, okay, that, they're great and everything. But I find I, myself, I get better inspiration and ideas like other lesser-known authors like myself and all of us here. I get kind of more, I learn more, I think, from others. How do you guys, I mean, start with Peggy first, I guess. How do you, where do you, you know, what is, how does your process start? And yeah, that's that, interesting. You know. Yeah, I, I. I don't know if I necessarily get actually, maybe this is weird to say for an author to say that I don't really get inspiration from other writings that I read. Mm-hmm. It's usually stuff in real life or some of those, some, some little I anecdote do. or, yeah. you know, and like I, I started a short story a long time ago because I overheard a kid talking. Um, my husband and I were at a diner and the table next to us, the little kid like turned to his 
mom or his grandma, I think. I can't remember. And he's like, you remember when dad was torturing me this morning? And I stopped. I was like, what? What did you say? I know. And I'm like, well, and, and that actually inspired me to write a short story about a family that that's what they do together. They torture other people and each other, oh, absolutely. Um, but more like in a love Great family idea. kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's like that's I think really I cool. get more inspiration from that kind of stuff. Like it's something that's very random, but it just clicks in my brain for something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's usually where where I get it. Basil, the comedian on the show, and he was, and he's a great comedian. And it's like, where do you come up with these jokes? And he's like, look around. (laughs) It's it's all around you. You you don't have to write jokes. The jokes are around you. All right. (laughs) Next uh, next person. Like, well, I don't. I I I think for myself, uh, it, it's more out of combination of um, location and conversation. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah. You know, probably probably one of the easiest examples I can give. I'm a uh, I'm I'm a uh, creature of habit. So on Friday nights, I'll get together with a few other uh, friends that are uh, fellow authors, and uh, we kind of haunt this uh, coffee shop. And uh, mm-hmm. it got to a point where uh, roughly about maybe, God, well, over uh, 10 years ago, they kind of gave me a challenge to uh, actually sit there and uh, create a book based off of whatever random conversation is overheard in the shop and then, you know, go think of a mm-hmm. title. You know, so I yeah. uh, I actually threw a, uh, you know, threw the book together, and I'm like, all right, so what do you want to do about the title? And they're like, well, you know, each of us is going to come up with one word, and then by the time everyone is putting the word together, that's going to be the book title. So, of, huh. of over thirty books out, this is the one that everyone always you know has to go. What the hell is it? Because it's um, <laughs> the the enormously great big book of boob tips. Now in three D, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, okay. it's just a book about nothing. Jerry <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld. Okay, Pretty I'm going to give you. Maybe, I'm going to tell you the no? best advice I ever got uh, of writing a book. <laughs> there was a publisher, and he said, "You got to paint a picture." You got to paint a picture. You got mm-hmm. to let the artist see what you're painting. Mm-hmm. And you got to put that on words. And, and those words were given me by Nicholas Grabowski before we were even dating. Nice. <laughs> well, and, that's why they say with writers, it's like you need to show the reader. What's going on? You, you don't yeah, tell them. You got, you yeah, you got have to show to them. Paint a picture. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I walked into a room. Well, what's in that room, Nick? I'm uh, Nick. He's yeah, there. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, you gave me the best advice ever. Okay, so you're gonna paint a picture, and you want the reader to walk into your world. 
Mm-hmm. That's what you told me. Yeah, it's um, it's really nothing more or less than uh, well, writing is an art just like any other art form. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's expression, and you put it on paper. And good writing is uh, the ability of the writer to um, see clearly uh, in their head what they're writing about and to convey it that perfectly and clearly on paper so that others can see it exactly the way that you do. And that's the art. And it takes a lot of, like, you know, trial and error to actually, uh, with the English language or whatever language you're writing in, um, uh, to uh, to convey that on paper and take people into into your world that way. And you can't just do it... Um, like a newspaper journalist, uh, or like a you know like a like a, a, a ninth grade term paper. It's uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it has to be filled with description in just mm-hmm. a way, and with uh, uh, with uh, the whole nine yards of of whatever it takes to convey that story and the characters and the surroundings and and everything else. Too. But mm-hmm. but that that makes a difference between just simple writing. And the art of writing. So that's yeah, that's pretty much what I told Nancy. Yeah. Yep. That's good. So advice. Peggy, do you have a favorite author or uh, one that you is your go to author? I you know, yeah, one of like I, I probably the first one I ever read that I fell in love with was Dean Koontz. And I know people make a lot of fun of him comparing him to oh, Stephen King. Yeah, and it's and it's, Stephen King was the first horror author I ever read, but Dean Koontz made me fall in love with reading, and I was never a big reader until I got older, so um, I I think it was um, Phantoms was the first book I ever read by him. It scared the living shit out of me, and uh, and I've I've loved him ever since, Um, but so besides him, I think he's probably my number one, but my very, very close tie, if not just maybe a point behind, is Bentley Little, who is okay. so, and I think a lot of people are like, who? He's, and I think my style of writing is probably more like his. It's, um, I, I think Dean does, Dean Koontz has been talking in first person, like I'm like, oh, he's my old buddy Dean. Um, I think he writes a little bit longer. He has uh, like, almost not Lovecraftian in the sense, but in the sense where it's just like, I could have cut out like half that paragraph and I need to write shorter than he does. And I think Bentley Little's style is a little closer to what I do. And um, I love Bentley Little's mind. He comes up with these really cool ideas and you think you know where it's going and he does the 180 and you're like, oh, okay. And then he does another 180 by the time you get to the end of the story and you are so mind fucked by the time you get to an end of a book. Um, even if short story, he is a fantastic writer, and I wish more people would read him, to be honest. I I, I actually do love Dean Koontz. Uh, mm-hmm. He yeah, is an amazing writer. He is an amazing yep. writer. And when you're talking about Stephen King, the only thing that goes through my mind, and the thing about Dean Koontz is you're talking about how, you know, there's no, it is there. It's kind of like, and you were talking about uh, Stephen King, and I'm thinking about he didn't get out of the cock a duty car. <laughs> How many times on 
honestly, how many times do you think, okay, I'm going to write a sequel to this? Oh, crap. He didn't get out of the cock duty car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I don't think I've ever written a sequel to anything, so I've never even had that issue yet. So, But that would be that would be one that would probably pop in my head to be like, okay, yeah, you got to make sure you're paying attention to this. Like, holy crap. He didn't do that. He didn't escape. He didn't get out of the cock duty car. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, but I mean, you know, uh, Tom, but, but yeah, William, how many times did that go through your head, too? I'm trying to remember which book it's from. Misery. Misery. Yeah. Misery. He didn't get out of the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've read Misery. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. No. Well, yeah. Now every well, we time you guys that. read a sequel, you're gonna be like, "Oh crap, he didn't get out of the cock of duty car." <laughs> no, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll just watch Misery and think of Francie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next time. I'm not sure how to take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna watch Misery and I'm gonna think Francie. Yeah, I, you know, you you can give Kathy Bates a run for the money. <laughs> William, Tom, Francie, don't I work. do call you guys late at night, and you're like, I gotta get out of the cock a duty bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so are you working on back now, Peggy? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> what was that, Tom? What are you working on um, now? Actually, right now I'm kind of. I'm in the waiting period because I'm just waiting. I've got a, a new anthology that's going to be coming out. Um, I think I'm just waiting on the formatting of the the cover. Like the artwork's done, the blurbs, the editing, all of that's been done. But now it's just, I'm, uh, for those of you guys who actually have to format books, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like just putting it yeah. all together so that it all fits and it's not going over the bleed lines and there's no problems with formatting through whatever freaking platform and all that jazz. So. Um, this is actually a story collection that's been a long time in the making, but um, it was inspired by, it's called Forever Trapped. Hopefully it'll be coming out pretty soon. And it's um, inspired by the Genesis song, Home by the Sea. I don't know if any of you know okay. that. Oh, yeah. I remember you told yeah. me about that years ago. Yeah. My you husband, got it done, huh? like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've actually had it done for quite a while, but, um, and I had originally had reached out to, I can't remember what the record company was at the time, BMI or EMI, EMI maybe that was over Genesis at the time um, to get their, the guy's permission. It's like, is it okay if I write this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they were like totally cool about it. But then, then trying to get like licensing people and all these, then no one ever gets back to you and all yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, you know what? It's still, you know, it's inspired by this song. So I'm still putting it together and, um, it's it, for anyone who doesn't know the song, it's basically a guy who breaks into an abandoned house to steal stuff and discovers that everyone else that's entered that house is now stuck in there. And so all their ghosts are now trapping him and they're sharing their lives, life stories with him. So I figured, shit, that'd make a great anthology. Um, just trying to come Definitely. up with, you know, okay, how many different kinds of people. So, I mean, I have stories from like the 1700s to modern day. 
characters from those different time periods. So I'm super excited that this is finally going to be coming out this year. Um, yeah. So my husband introduced me to Genesis because that was his band. He That's like his favorite band. And he's a drummer, so Phil Collins is one of his like favorite performers and he's actually been able to perform with him um when he was out in california but i thought oh god this and he knew me well enough while we were dating that that's the song that would suck me in so since it is kind of creepy and kind of spooky so yeah I'm what's super the title excited. of the book called it's called forever trapped okay and i think it's cool. got, only got like 10 or 11 yeah it's only got about 10 or 11 stories uh, in it. But that one was so much fun. That was like one of those, you know, where you're like super excited to write it and you're just really happy about doing it. And then you get it done. And you're like, cool. And it's just been fun the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great feeling when that happens, when you get it done. And yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You feel like you hit a home run in a big game or just, you're just yeah, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the, the euphoria there. You want, is you want to hug it when it comes the new in. Book smell. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And you do. Anybody, any author who has had a story or a book come in print and tells you they have not kissed that book or hugged that book or cried over it is a liar. They're liars. <laughs> They're liars. Or, or, go on, or go, yeah, you know. Yeah. Get it's, excited. It is yeah, such you know. a fantastic. So I can't wait for to have that copy. They have a copy of one in my hand. Mm. So. Mm. Got me for one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I sold yeah. one. Yay. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, and you know you know what's the great thing about independent writers and publishers and all that and William and Tom and I you know, it doesn't matter who reads it. Just read it. Exactly. It's not a matter of come on, we're not gonna be on the New York Times best seller. <laughs> Hopefully one day. That's not what we yeah. would like her to be there, yeah. of course. But, you know, just read it. I think a lot of times people, when they're coming out first as writing or being writers or whatever, they do have that. I think they make a mistake when they are saying, okay, I'm going to write for this demographic or I'm going to write this kind of fiction or I'm because that's what people want to see. And it's like, don't, no, 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 no. Don't write what's trendy. Don't write what you think people want to read. It's like, write what's inside of you and your audience will find you. It may not be yeah. a big audience like Stephen King or Dean Coons or, yeah. you know, but it's like, if you're writing something that's not part of your passion or in your brain or whatever, it's going to come through in your writing and it's going to be shit. Now yeah, you may have definitely. people that are like, oh, this is so great and blah, blah, blah. And that's cool. But eventually it's going to get to that point where it's like you're going to hate what you're doing and it's not going to be fun and you're and it's going to come through in your writing that you're either trying too hard or you're forcing yourself to do it you know because you want to write that bestseller you want to be on the new york times like well yeah of course we all want to see something like that but if that's the only reason you're doing it no you got to do it for the love because you love doing it yeah i i just don't want to have your thoughts when you're writing it right Independent movie makers, you got everybody, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. You got to follow yeah. the passion. Yeah, yeah exactly, not like, the trend. Oh, you wrote a book. Why yep. are you working at this place? And I'm like, well, it's called Books a Million for a reason. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I think a lot of people don't understand, too, the process of, like, getting published, too, is, like, even if you do have a – I mean, obviously, if you're one of those Stephen Kings or Dean Koontz, you have – you write a book, it automatically is accepted. They do oh. editing on it, and they work, and it takes six months to a year. For the rest of us, yeah. it can take, you know, two to five years. years. And this yep. is after you've finished yeah. writing it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, and then it's, you also have it's to hard – yeah, go ahead. Sorry, what? And then you know, oh, I was saying. Then don't forget, you also have to continue to always remember to market yourself, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. You know, yeah. Got to market your brand. Just keep the momentum yeah. going. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. But I totally yeah, agree with you, though, Peggy, about the you got to show the love for what you're doing because. Yeah. You know, it's a case of like I think when I was saying about what authors kind of. Uh, um, influence me more maybe i was asking the wrong question so it's the ones that i like to read more i think are the ones that mm-hmm. are in our category that because i think i get more out of it because i think the guys that have mm-hmm. made it up there big i don't know if the it's the same passion or the same something around it's just you know there's lots of newer ideas and stuff out there that i like mm-hmm. to read but i agree with you about the passion thing because if you don't mm-hmm. you know write have that yeah. feeling for it you know and I also believe you kind of got to entertain yourself when you're writing this. Oh, this is a good story. I'm going to write this, you know, and of course, I got to like yeah. it myself. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or I think the of course customer you do. or the people read it, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I think if you, you are know, moved by your own characters, then um, I, I know I've done that a few times in writing. It's like where I'm really actually sad to kill off a character, or I'm laughing at, you know. Of course, I have the, you know, sense of humor of a 12 year old boy, but I'm if I'm yeah. laughing at you know, little things that I'm writing. I'm like, oh, (laughs) it's like if you're having fun, why? I mean, obviously it's work, but it's like if you're not enjoying what you're doing. And, you you know, a lot of us also, you know, have that thing like, hey, that's just a cash grab. People know. People know if you're not writing what you love. Let's say your ex-boyfriend is getting killed. Come on, you're you're enjoying it. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> when That's I wrote that first story, I was friend three times. Yeah, when I wrote my I mean, first story, Secretary's Day, I was super happy when the boss, you know, got when my ghost of the secretary got revenge on her boss. Trust me, I was super happy about that. That's when you do the ultimate uh, perfect autograph. Do so and so. Spoiler alert, you have an epic death in Chapter 4. Thank you for the inspiration with regards. Right? Right? Oh, right? Yeah. That's the way we roll. A woman's scorn, dude. We're going to kill you. It's for my therapy. That's funny. That is kind of funny that my first story collection is called Hell Hath No Theory, but it's not specifically like women getting revenge, but it's, I think the title, I think David Hayes actually came up with the title just because it's like, well, you know, a woman wrote it, so let's kind of play on that, but it isn't like necessarily about revenge, but believe me when there are little bits and pieces in there. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to add, that was a good anthology too. I read that one too. Oh, so. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was my first Same time. <laughs> Sounds so cool. I love songs. Yeah, and it's kind of like you name the boy ex-boyfriend. You're like, I'm gonna slaughter you. <laughs> but you change the name so that you can't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's enough to know the difference. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been changed off an ex-friend at least three times. And I slaughtered. <laughs> 
I know of um, you know of, of my stuff. The one the one thing that the, the one indie published book that I have uh, that I'm extremely proud of. I had to do is um, because when I was, when I finally got Graham how to clear off the ground uh, years back, a lot of my friends from high school were sending me emails where they were like, "Listen, you know, congratulations on the Titanic lectures, congratulations on the book, but you've lost your roots. You haven't written a horror story in a long time. You don't even you probably don't even know how to do it." <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, challenge accepted. Wow. And uh, so I, uh, I, 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 yeah, but uh, typical. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, so, so um, for uh, for Nana Remo, I um, I put it I put it together and uh, I called it Killer Journal, and. Mm-hmm. I went with complete uh, ambiguous uh, plot, so it's literally uh, it's a diary of a serial killer who uses the uh, victims, uh, you know, kind of inspired by Ed Gain, who actually mm-hmm. uses the victims to uh, host uh, this old house, and it's hmm. literally how the dissection takes place and then builds the house out of the body parts. But Interesting. along the way, also likewise goes even more insane. So then it. Then an alternate personality interrupts the the thought process to insult the work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and uh, so you know, what initially I had, and I'm still I still keep it on file, and I've broken it down on the reactions, but um, I sent it to about six thousand agents, and mm-hmm. it's you can summarize it into three responses. Um, some of them. "Quote unquote," found God and religion, and have deemed that it's against their religion to uh, produce anything of this nature. Uh-huh. Um, was in need of professional help, <laughs> or my my personal favorite, walked away from the career and is no longer working at this agency. Scared <laughs> <laughs> him away. Yeah, <laughs> apparently so. But, I um, you know, William and Tom, we need to do the girl that's going Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary in the mirror, and Bloody Mary's going to pop out like, what? What do you want from me? I wouldn't do it. I'm not tempting fate, but that's me. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 I, I, I always thought that that was a free way of uh, uh, a way of getting free alcohol. If you say Bloody Mary so many times in the mirror, then she hands you one. You know, that's only for near bartender though. Yeah. Yeah. Who, 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 who are you expecting? I, I think for the love boat. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> so Peggy, you got any projects in the in the? Uh, Fire irons on the fire project wise down the road that you tell us about or uh, anything like right now I don't have anything like well that's not entirely true I just actually have to start working on it I've taken notes for it um, I did a uh, this was a couple years ago it came out I think at this point it's another illustrated novelette but it's a it was a collaboration with my artist buddy Don England. So he did the cover and all the internal art. The same guy who worked on the Fistful of Dead Folk, but it's basically okay. zombie Nazis. 
Um, okay. We had started we had started talking about zombie Nazis because he likes to draw them, and I'm like, hey, I'll write a story. You know, you do the art, and he's like, yeah, we'll have to figure that out. And so I started doing. He likes uh, plague doctors as well, so that kind of came into the situation. And uh, uh, we create. I started doing research on plague doctors because I I know of them, but I don't really know a lot of information about them. So in my research. I never realized that most of the plague doctors from the 15th century, they really had no medical training. They weren't actually doctors. A lot of them were just there to witness last will and testaments or like taking uh, like a toll, like death tolls and counts and all of that kind of stuff. So maybe they were more like witnessing history than actually affecting it. So we created this, this group of plague doctors that actually are watching uh this uh, story unfold that we uh, put together and it's basically um, we're trying to do like a young adult is going to be the protagonist. So it's a young boy who's in a concentration camp in World War II and he's trying to survive. So he's helping this crazy doctor who's using a form of the plague in order to create a super soldier. And these plague doctors are involved. And so we want to make this a series of stories. So now I've got to work on the next one. And what we want to do is actually put them in, real historical timelines and have either these watchers or these other doctors who I can't remember what I wanted to call them, but they're the ones that actually influence people that are more to like into assassinations, that kind of thing. So our next one is going to be about uh, the murder of wild Bill Hickok in Deadwood. So that's the next, yeah, that's the next one uh, that we're going to be working on. So I've taken a bunch of notes for that. I just have to actually start writing it. Which is sometimes the hard part. Cool. What's that? You're really, really smart. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) The uh, internet is a beautiful thing that gives me access to a lot of information. (laughs) So. Well, if if you need any help, I have. If you need any help, I happen to be a history buff. So. uh, Interesting. I've got. Yeah. Out. Out of uh, out of sixteen bookshelves, at least thirteen of them uh, are of history and nonfiction, about three rows deep. William is terribly obsessed with the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. The Titanic historian. History buff. Yeah, William influenced hmm. me to write a story involving the Titanic too. Okay. Good to know. Oh, that'd yeah. be awesome. Because, yeah, it's like, I mean, I have, like, a, a few pages of, like, different kinds of eras and the things that are happening and we're, like, trying to figure out. Like, I did a short, short version of a, it's, our, what we call it is Plague of Man. Um, so that's going to be the name of the series. And so the first one is SS of the Dead, and then we'll do the Deadwood one. But we did a real short one about the Kennedy assassination, and that was actually doing historical research on that, I'm like, holy crap, I didn't know a lot of this information. So kind of cool now that I, you know, quote unquote, met you, um, to have like a historian <laughs> that I could talk to. Yes. Oh, awesome. I got a high school paper somewhere on that. I, if I could dig it out, I should have gave it to you. On what, the Kennedy? Uh, yeah, okay. Kennedy assassination, a term okay. paper. Okay. So cool. I got it somewhere. It's in my pile of junk somewhere. But, well, well, Tom, um, you know, here, yeah, now, uh, now, Tom, I'm here, I, w- I was waiting for you to say something like, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, Bob, who's the regular over here at the watering hole that you go to, uh, Kennedy's, 
uh, was actually the uh, third gunman that the FBI has been looking yeah. for, but hey, he's under an alias at the moment. When I wrote that paper back in high school, a Waterford oh. cop let me fire a Manlinger Carcano like Oswald fired, you know, at a shooting range. And I got to wow. tell you, that thing was a piece of junk. I don't know how Oswald did it. That's why I kind of questioned whether he acted alone because I fired it and I fired other rifles and that thing stunk. And it was in good shape. So Probably why, like, he, like Jesus. his first attempt, his first assassination attempt, he missed. Not Kennedy. It was the yeah. general. Yeah. Uh, former yeah. general. He nicked him in the ear. And I'm like, that's probably why it was a piece of shit gun yeah. that he ordered through the mail, I believe, which is kind of mind boggling to me. Yeah. <laughs> but. Okay. So tell us about the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers. Might as well have them ah. as a founding member. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a group most of us um, are based in southeast Michigan, but we have members across uh, the country. There's, I think, around 50 of us now. Um, cool. Yeah, I think we started back in 2007. Actually, Tom and I were in a different writers group together. That was maybe about two years it existed for about yeah, two years before it imploded. HWA, yeah. It, it was well. We were no, we were a Michigan chapter of HWA, but then that turned yeah. out to be useless because nobody from the HWA did anything with us. Yeah. So I think we just started like a Michigan Horror Writers. I think was the name of the group, and then that imploded after about two years because you know that does happen. Uh, you know, you get a group of people together and personalities clash and all that crap and. Um, so we, Tom and I, and then like three other people that were in that group started the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers. And we've actually been going since 2007, which blows my mind. I love that we've been able to survive this long. So we put out um, a themed anthology for members every year. We're uh, working on our 15th one right now. We've had 14 published. We have a magazine called Ghost Light that comes out once a year. That's open uh, public, like anybody can submit to that. You don't have to be a member of the group. Uh, same with our, it's almost like a chat book length. It's called Recurring Nightmares. We do a Halloween fundraiser every year for the Detroit Literacy Organization. And our auction, one of our auction items is, is if you win, your name is in every story in this anthology. So that's why we've had like Amanda's Recurring Nightmares and Weena, Ruth, David and Peggy, Nicole, Marissa. I think we've done six so far. Um, so we can make you monster, victim, hero, whatever the hell we want to do with you. And uh, I think that's a good uh, fun. That's a big, good part of our fundraiser. I think. Were you going to say something, Francie? No. Yes. Awesome. I know you, you do a lot of Go good ahead. with the literacy organization, CNN, Dominican literacy organization. So that's yeah, really yeah. Good. They're like our permanent, yeah, our permanent uh, charity that we throughout the year we raise money for them. So usually, the, I mean, obviously the last couple of years we haven't really done much because COVID. So now that you know conventions are coming back, and I think we are actually having our Halloween party again this year for the first time in three years. So um, we can Where get back to raising. That'll be at it should be at the uh, Berkeley uh, VFW. In Brooklyn, Michigan, okay. for anyone in the area, um, oh, I believe we've yeah we've chosen October twenty second. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's the date that is. When we, we usually try to do it like the weekend before Halloween, a weekend or two. That's all, but that's my granddaughter's birthday. Yes. So, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And the next day's our fortieth anniversary, so that's kind of a busy Holy weekend. Holy shit, dude! Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah
So that's cool. <laughs> awesome. So what's your next oh, anthology? Come on, come on. What's that? What's the next anthology going to be? The, the theme or called or whatever? Uh, the theme uh, this year is um, we're doing uh, stories based on the old, not Universal Monsters, more of the Hammer uh, American oh, International that's really films. Cool. Yeah, so it's it's not the Universal Monsters, but it's the Hammer one. So um, I oh, think the deadline's cool. coming up in like another month or something. But I'm super excited about that because one of my favorite Hammer films is The Gorgon. So my short story is based oh, that'd be cool. on The Gorgon. But see, everybody knows Medusa as The Gorgon, but she had two sisters. So I wrote a story yeah. about the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, Sotheno and Uriley, I believe is how they're pronounced. Don't yeah. I don't I don't really know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So the, okay. what do you find uh tougher to write? First person, third person, second person omniscient? I mean I don't you know, I don't even know if I have any stories in the second person. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever uh I don't think I've ever written one like that. That might be a good challenge for myself. Um I don't I think uh, first person can be a little tricky because it's it, it's like I'm constantly forgetting if I'm writing in first person, so I, I have to watch my verb tenses. Those get kind of mm-hmm. fucked up when you're um, usually like third person omniscient is probably the easiest, I think, from for the most part. Um, maybe first person slightly tricky. What's that? I think unless you get away with more description, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's. Yeah, so I and yeah, I don't think I've ever done the second. So I have to hmm, I'll have to try that out. That might be a good challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> do you have well, a favorite I, story of your I mean, yeah, favorite, really story to your, your favorites of your own? Of one of my stories? Of favorite? Yeah, do you have a favorite <laughs> of your own stories? I mean, some of us mm. others do have our favorites or ones that we thought, yeah, I did a good one. That's one of my Baby, my, my favorite baby, <laughs> yeah. so to speak, you know? You know, yeah, that's, you know, I think, um, I, well, I think probably the very first story I ever wrote is probably will always have a special place in my heart. But I think the first story I ever had in print, like actual print, my first four stories oh. uh, were online, were on websites, which, of course, are now defunct. But the first mm-hmm. story I ever had in print um, was called, uh, it was, came out in an anthology called Reckless Abandon, and it was, my story was called Why Be, uh, Why Be Normal. I think that's the one. Or no, is that? Jeez, now I can't Ooh. even remember which one it is. I've got a copy right in front of me. Um, oh. But I think, you know, when you see that first, uh, yeah, it was Why Be Normal. I'm sorry. It's just when you oh, see that first. Hug it. Yeah, exactly. And when that thing came in the mail, oh, I was like on my knees. Hey. Just like, I was so happy. I was so happy. It's like a whole bat book. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably going to be one of my one of my favorites. Yeah, I'd probably have to say that. Um, and actually, some of that inspiration came from a boss that I used to work for, that same guy who inspired me in the first place. Because he used to talk about how he'd like, smoke pot. And, um, and he had actually gotten to the point um, when I wasn't working for him anymore where he was kind of a contractor, independent contractor. So he didn't have a lot of work going on. So he was staying at home a lot and it was a little different for him. So it was kind of based on that a little bit. I have to admit. <clears throat> so that's probably my favorite one. Well, you have my full attention just from the title alone. 
from YB Normal. <laughs> you know, it's funny, my yeah. latest tattoo, which I just got a couple months ago, my best friend and I grew up saying YB Normal all the time, and that's my newest tattoo I got on my left forearm. So, yeah. It's, cool. well, it's got a special, cool. just that phrase is pretty special to me. Well, one of my favorite shirts uh, that I actually just finally had to retire after, after all these years, uh, I had uh, it was uh, I did it with uh, glow in the dark text, so it looked like uh, something out of a fifties horror movie, and it read uh, "Normal people scare me." Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I do like the fact that um, like in more conventions I do, I'm finding more people who are like. Well, you know, nor, normally you always think now is more of like a 50s kind of term because, you know, you need to be married and have the 1.2 kids and the white picket fence and blah, blah, blah. And we all know now that nothing, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as normal. Yeah. So, yeah. I appreciate that more people are understanding. What they don't tell you is that uh, – that gorgeous house with the white picket fence is right now, mm. currently in today's market, roughly $870,000. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but also I, I think... Have I, I, I have a next boyfriend. He's like, oh, so you want that white picket fence relationship? And I was like, no, I cheat on you every time you go on the road. He was a comedian. Yeah. But no, if you I think too, like, yeah, it's like when you think back to that time when people like, this is what we're supposed to have. And it's like that white picket fence and that married couple. It's like the woman's drinking herself into an oblivion every freaking day. Her kids are all truants. Nobody's happy. Everybody's like yeah. on quaaludes or downers and uppers and all that shit just to get through the day. It's like nobody's normal. There's no such thing. There really isn't. You know, though, a white picket fence is... Uh, really good if you have a vampire problem. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. That's my man. Very good point. See, yeah. I, I, I broke up with that boyfriend, and I got that man. Yeah. So, Peggy, you be in a peer, what conventions will you appear, be peer, appearing at? Let us, you know, let people know so they can. Yeah, actually coming coming up, um, actually this uh, Saturday coming up, I'm doing Festival of Oddities in Charlotte, Michigan, and then okay. the Michigan State Fair is actually this Labor Day weekend coming up, and so yeah. on Sunday they're doing like an author day or a literary day or whatever. I got the very last time slot at 8 o'clock at night on Sunday, so that'll be fun, oh. um, but I am cool. doing a reading, uh, yeah. Oh, so, cool. That'll be loads of fun. And Monroe Pop Fest is coming up mid, uh, mid-September, mid Cary Town after that, which is in Ann Arbor. That's my September that's coming up. So got a few things in the works. Nice. nice. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing Motor City Legacies next year? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. That was a good oh, yeah. show. I really yeah, enjoyed that one. Yeah, we, we got a new show in our – yeah, we got a new show in our area this past March, so it was really well received, and the vendors I think were mostly happy. So they're coming back again. I'm really excited. So we need another horror convention in our town. Yeah, so. at least to give Comic Con and Nightmares some competition, really. Yeah, well, really Nightmares, Motor City Nightmares oh, yeah. is one we have every year too. But um, yeah, we need a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need mm-hmm. some more in May and June too, or June and July, anyways. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spring and mm-hmm. summer months. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> just got to figure out something, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, Tom gave you full respect. He absolutely <laughs> adores you. Oh, <laughs> we've been friends a long time, so you know. Yeah, we've known each other for quite a while. Yeah, so probably about like twenty years, ain't it? Yeah, back yeah. yeah. two thousand five, I think. Twenty years, man. Yeah. Twenty years. Mm-hmm. Twenty. Twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. When did when did we first meet? Was I want to say it was, was two thousand five when that Michigan Horror Writers Club started? Because since okay. Law started in two thousand seven, we were in the other club for two years before that. So that's probably, yeah. that's when we met. I'm pretty sure. So 2005. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe or maybe do a bit before. I seem I don't know. Cause yeah, it's around then. Cause I know 2007 was the year I had cancer, and we just started Gwa just before that. So. Okay. Yeah, we I had. Know our, we did this yeah. before then, yes. Yeah. Cause our first it's Motor City Comic Con was anyway. 2008. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Damn. We had a. Uh, <laughs> close celebrity contact with any of the celebrities with the books and everything with Gloss at the Comic-Con? I mean, like, the first year we did it, it was like, uh, Walter Koenig was good, and uh, yeah. Amy no, Dolan was I, cool, and... Yeah, I think now... Be, way now? Well, uh, the way that... Uh, yeah, the way Comic-Con is set up is, you know, the celebrities are so far away, and they're kind of over-mobbed, and... It's like the way that Motor City Comic Con does like their like how many people can be behind the table, how many passes you get. It's like we really don't have the time to go around. Yeah. If they walk by the table, that's great. We'll say hello, but most of the time it's it's yeah. really hard to just get up because there's just, you know, 50,000 people walking around. So, it's a little hard Are to you get guys, up and there's only two of you. Is, is the group doing the fall Comic Con? No, we're not doing it because it's the same price as the summer one, and we can't quite afford to do both shows. So, yeah. But we know a lot of people that are doing it, so I'm interested to see how it turns out, though. I hope it does well. Right, we'll see. Well, I mean, we, we'll we can always keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I kind of. Yeah. It, it would be nice to have uh, to have them be successful, but we'll see how. We'll have to just wait and see how it goes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's one of the big I things mean, I noticed as a writer. It seems like the convention scene has gotten much more expensive than it did when we started well, out. Yeah, I mean, well, sure, sure. That's why sometimes it's kind of fun when you either find a new show or even smaller shows that it's like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe they don't have fifty thousand people coming through. Maybe they only have a few thousand, but it's like, you know, it's still kind of cool more to be able to sit there and and interact with people. And it's you know, yeah, yeah and it's like. I just it gives other you know the um, the vendors more opportunities to get out there without breaking the bank. It also gives more opportunities for the audience to come to a yeah. show. It's like oh I don't want to spend a hundred dollars to get a ticket. I only have to spend five. I only have to spend ten. Yeah. You know maybe or twenty. And you know, yeah. So. The phone art art, really... art shows too are also pretty cut. You know, mm-hmm. I've done arts on the bay in Alpena and it was like a hundred and ten dollars uh, two days and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, establish one like that. You have twenty thousand people come through there, and you're outside, and it's like right in the summertime mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. 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 yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta ask this: What's the toughest part about yeah. being a writer for you? 
the toughest part about being a writer. I think for me, it's actually being disciplined enough to sit down and actually do the writing. It's, uh, for me, it's like, it's easy to. I agree with that. (laughs) It's uh, like, it's one thing to be able to like, I've got these ideas. I'm taking notes. Okay. I got to vacuum the floor. No, I I do. Yeah. These toilets aren't going to clean themselves. The floor. Yeah, I know. It's There's so many things, I think, that are pulling at writers' attentions, whether it's an actual day job or if you have a house and a family or there's just other, always other yeah, commitments that seem to be, job, you know. So it's kind of like, okay, I got the yeah. day off. Do you want to vacuum? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a housekeeper. I don't have a personal chef. I don't yeah. you know, have people to do that stuff for me. So it's like. Everything else. Yeah. 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 And, and that's the hardest part, I think, for me, is to learn yeah. how to do that. It's like, I don't know. And I know I do have very. Your bearded dragon well, is like posing no. for you, and you're like, oh, I'm going to take the photo. Oh, crap. There's the little. <laughs> Boy, oh, behind you, and I gotta clean it up. <laughs> wow, yeah, there's, so there are a lot of tutorials today. Okay, I got a bearded dragon who posed for a photo, and there was stuff behind him, and I was like, oh, you're so cute, but I got a vacuum now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of other you, things going on in life. It's hard to yeah. it's hard to balance them sometimes. Oh yeah. Is there a I particular mean, point in the day you write most? Morning, afternoon, night? When's the best time for uh, you to write? When do you when do you find the best? I think probably for me, probably the afternoon because it takes me forever to wake up. And even if I do get a chance and I'm disciplined, I'm like I'm gonna go walk. I'm gonna get my exercise in. And then come back and just have my coffee and whatever. And it's like, it just still takes me so long to still just wake up. So usually like early mid afternoon is the best, it's like the best time for me. <laughs> oh, that, that always works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have music or TV on or no noise at all? No, I can't. If I have music on, then I'm like doing choreography in my head. If I have yeah. TV on, I'm watching TV. I'm not. That sucks me in so much easier than anything else. So I can't have any of those kind of distractions. What's the easiest thing about writing for you? It's understandable better. Do you you write on a laptop or a notepad and pen? I actually, I'll do longhand first. Um, Because Ah, usually I... Yeah, because I I usually I usually don't write on my iPad. I have a little keyboard with it, but unless I'm, it's usually I use it for movie reviews um, that I'll write. But most of the time, if I'm writing short stories or whatever, any kind of horror fiction, I'll usually write it in a notebook first, and then I'll um, type it out and then edit it on my actual desktop computer. It's just I don't want to be sitting in my office like for three hours while, you know, working on something. I would just rather be sitting on my couch or in the backyard or whatever. And just, and then it, I will have a little trouble deciphering my handwriting sometimes, but um, yeah. I, I prefer writing it out longhand and then transposing it. 
Thank you for that, because we're okay. in the same group there. i got to do that, too. Yeah. No. I think it allows you to, when you write longhand, you're not as quick to do too many edits to take long. Like, if I'm just like, I'll just cross something out real quick and be like, you know, like, circle it. Like, I'll have to come back to that to find a better word or whatever. But I can just keep going. If I'm on the computer, I need to, like, make it, because it'll be underlined. You know, you can turn off your spell checker as it's as you're typing, but it's like, I know that's wrong. And for some reason, when it's typed out or printed in front of me, I have a hard time getting past it. If I'm writing it out, I don't care. I'll go back to it. It's very weird. I don't know why my brain works that way, but it does. Yeah, I always yeah, same uh, here. Uh, do the same thing. I, I, I mean, throughout my entire writing career, I've always handwritten it on on napkins, mm-hmm. notepads, anything that I could get yeah. my hands on. Uh, but right. a lot of the times, yeah. like if, for instance, I finished something and I died, uh, the person <laughs> that would be in charge of actually putting it together would have a terribly hard time because I always go back <laughs> and uh, I put arrows. I, I cross, like, entire yeah. paragraphs out and put mm-hmm. an arrow to the side of the page yep. so you have to turn it, like, mm-hmm. to the side to read it yep. and just all kinds of Put a bunch like of a notes map. in the margin. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know why way. that's more enjoyable that way, though. Yeah. For me. Again, it's the joy of the process, too. What do you think? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, people do ask, that, like, what's your process? I'm like, I don't really have a process. I just write. And then I figure it out later, like, okay, well, that should have gone here, or I need to change this whole section, or let's put this at the beginning. And it's like, I'll worry about that later. <laughs> like, let me just get it written down so I don't forget it, yeah, which is my main problem. For a master sheet. What the fuck is a master sheet? The what? I got the story. Here it is. And can you tell me what's going on? Well, I'll read the story. Yeah. Yeah, that's usually after you're done. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, just in college, and you're like, oh well, okay. So you want to? Well, we all. Well, we all kind of have to have like an elevator pitch. No story. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like you all. It's like when you're, especially like if you're at a convention and you're trying to kind of promote yourself. It's like we all kind of have to have what they call like that elevator pitch. You know, like a one or two sentence that just is a quick description yep. that gets the reader interested. Like, oh, well, then they'll pick it up and kind of look at it, and it's like then maybe they'll actually buy it without trying to tell them the entire story. Because it's like, well, if you do that, well, then they don't need to buy the book. <laughs> so, no. Like, okay, let me just work on my elevator, and that's. That's kind of hard to do, though. That is very difficult, I think. Yeah, two or three times. I mean, for something like that, uh, well, you can always, you know, one, of, one of the things that makes it more fun, though, is uh, if you choose, like, uh, to play around with the words, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, but best example I can give you, um, when I, I did this uh, when I was working in a video store years ago. Um, had a uh, customer come in, and uh, you know, she's like, "So, I'm I'm doing the whole mother daughter bonding weekend, and I want to find some good movies." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem. I'm a fantastic one. It's really wonderful. It's really popular. It's about a single mom, and she's actually coming to terms with the fact that her daughter is slowly becoming a teenager and developing her first period." <laughs> and she's like, "That's wonderful. That's exactly what I'm looking for." I'm like, "Great. It's called Carrie." 
Oh my god, that's so funny. If you want uh, a pitch line or two, like at a convention while you're sitting at your table um, and everything, uh, I, I think the next time that uh, that I'm doing that, I'm going to take a lesson from uh, this one thing I saw on YouTube that went viral. This uh, guy selling fish in the UK um, at a farmer's market, and he starts singing, a one-pound fish, come and get it, ladies, one-pound fish, everybody, one-pound fish. <laughs> so what? he actually went on the X Factor and got a standing ovation singing that song because it was such <laughs> a viral sensation, but all he was doing was just selling fish for one pound in a UK <laughs> farmer's market. And you know, I'm thinking, maybe if I just sung something really loud at my table, have somebody, like, uh, put it on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Why would you be no. selling fish? Well, it wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't say fish. Right. Um, now, now, Peggy, I, I, was, I was just kind of scrolling through your uh, your page. I saw your uh, Young Ones post. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, you're a fan of uh, bread comms as well, too. Um, Long live people's the, poets. I was, so, I was say the wor- you know, in the worst case scenario, um, have you ever uh, seen the uh, the series called As Time Goes By? As time goes by, no, I don't think I have. I would highly recommend it. Um, okay. it's, uh, Hang on, I gotta, no, I gotta write that down. Uh, As time goes it, by, it, yeah, it's actually a comedy with uh, Judy Dench and Jeffrey Palmer. Outside of them doing the uh, James Bond franchise, and oh, it's um, okay. it's basically a couple that reunite fifty years later, and. Oh, he okay. he ends up becoming a best-selling author, and yeah. the name of his it's the running joke because uh, he can't do an elevator pitch very well. So the name <laughs> of the book is called My Life in Kenya. So every uh-huh. once in a while, I see people go, "Well, what's your book about?" And he goes, "Well, it's about my life in Kenya because <laughs> I live there." <laughs> there you go. There's your other. It's like right there. Yeah. You don't even have to say anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, so, so I, would, I would I would highly recommend it. Cause, I mean, for any anybody okay. that's already off, you know, already an author or wanting to pursue the life of one, it will it's uh-huh. a good life lesson. <laughs> okay, okay, I will look it up. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <sighs> So do you have a favorite subgenre <clears throat> in horror? I mean, what do you? What's your favorite part of horror? What is there a particular thing you like writing yeah, more you know, in horror? That's so funny. Um, this discussion came up at a convention a couple of years ago, and someone's like, "Name your favorite horror movie." I'm like, "That is impossible." So, kind of the same thing here. It's like I don't know if I I can't really say what's my. I could give like probably favorites in subgenres, like in each one, okay. but not like one overall. But Okay. If I had to pick, like, my favorite monster in particular would be the vampire. Like, that is my favorite supernatural creature of all time. 
Um, Good choice. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't know be. why. Um, but uh, the versatility. I, I, you know, I guess that's probably, I mean, Male, you know, female, really, you know, old, young. Yeah, I, I think so. And I you think know. it's I, just that sense of it's like you, I think, becoming really powerful and control over other things. You know, it's for a, like a woman who's very small and very weak <laughs> physically because it's like I maybe that's why it spoke to me. And I actually I I'm not looking forward to I know people say you can't worry about the future, but I really am like scared of dying and I really don't want to die if I didn't have to. So I'm like, hmm, maybe that's why I like vampires so much. But, you know, I grew up watching Christopher Lee uh, in the Hammer film. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so those are, I think, Blood of Dracula was the first one I ever saw. And I was just like, wait, what? And um, and I, that's why I tried my hand. I do have a vampire novel called The Vessel, but there's so many vampire stories out there that are so great and so wonderful. And I'm like, how can I contribute? So it took me like three years to write that because I was – like, I got to make sure I at least make it interesting enough or a little bit different. Um, so it's basically Chinese energy vampires. So it's not quite the same as like a traditional European vampire, I guess. But I think vampires are just the beings, I guess, is my final answer. Well, I mean, what, 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 what's even scarier when they start affecting chi like that anyway? So. Chi. It's what it's called. Ah, that's what I thought you said. I'm like, well, you know, it's funny because the I I I don't speak Chinese. I don't really know a lot of the language. So I was looking up Chinese words, and I was like making up stuff. So I was making my own compound words, and I think it might be pronounced ling ling hun or ling hun chi something like that. Because because they are energy vampires. So I knew chi. I wanted to throw that in there. So I was kind of that's like one of the words I kind of made up. Uh, <laughs> to, so that's what the chi- these particular Chinese vampires are called, the Ling Hun Chi, because they are stealing cool. energy from their victims, yeah. not their blood. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Almost of what do you guys think of that uh, new series, uh, Interview with a Vampire? I'm such a fan of the, uh, the, the movie. Is that out? Um, or is it coming and, out? And uh, they're, they're remaking it into a series, I guess, for Netflix or something. Saw the trailer okay. for it, and it's like, why are they remaking it? The first <laughs> one was so perfect. And so it's and like I love that book. Crazy. Too. That was so, so good. And I actually saw an interview with the vampire in the theater uh, with my husband. And I, and I was one of those people who doubted the casting of Tom Cruise. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get to the end of the movie, and I'm like, I will never question that ever again. Because <laughs> he <laughs> yeah, actually played, Lest- he played Lestat how he was portrayed in the book. Like, very much kind of wanting, kind of lonely, arrogant, quite, quite bad guy. But at the same time, he's very sympathetic. Whereas I thought Louie was just such a fucking whiny little bitch. I'm like, shut up. But that's how he's written. He played the character brilliantly yeah. too, but I yeah I uh, oh god I love that movie I thought that was very well done very well done yeah yeah that was awesome I, I saw the trailer for the new one I thought why why and it <laughs> looks like they're doing it all wrong it looks like a it's a smaller budget and um they and they're doing like they do in so many movies nowadays they like race swap they like it's a little bit woke. If I may say, oh, okay. and, you know, di- okay. different. It's it's kind of different. It's it, it's like why 
Why? Yeah. <laughs> and they make the, the yeah, I, uh, wow. guy look almost exactly <laughs> like Tom Cruise with the exact same clothes and hair. And, really? Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've yeah. seen the trailer for it. I'll have to go look it up. I don't think yeah, I've seen the trailer yeah. for it. It's there. It, I heard I about it, right? I was like, like, I'll probably give it a shot because it's vampires. But, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if that would, you know, be something that I'd be like, eh. Now, interestingly enough that there's, I've become addicted to Korean dramas, and there are actually quite a few of those that are about vampires that are super fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if oh, anybody's cool. ever interested in that kind of stuff, they have modern and historical versions of it. It's actually quite fun. Okay, Peggy, I got a question unrelated to writing. Have you seen the movie Prey yet on Hulu? No, I don't have Hulu. So Okay. I I don't see anything that's on Hulu. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I do love, I think I've seen, except for, I think, the the last Predator film that was before this thing on Hulu. Uh, Predators? Shoot. No. Yeah. There was oh, another, it was like Predator. Predator Requiem. Predator's Requiem or something like that. Oh, that was the, I think, that was the sequel to Aliens versus Predator. But then yeah. after that, they came out with The Predator, which yeah. I didn't like. I don't yeah. remember. And I don't even know if I've seen that one. I think the last one I saw was those, like, army guys, like, uh, Adrian Brody was in it. Yeah, Predator. Uh, yeah. That was, the, that was the last oh, one Predators. I saw. That was the, yeah, that's the last one I think I saw. And I actually, I enjoy those films. I think they're a lot of fun. So I yeah. wish we had Hulu, but, yeah. you know. So what did you I think of Predators? Well, well, believe it or not, that, that was also on Disney Plus as well, too. So if you have yeah. that. Yeah, it's, I, I saw Prey and, and I liked it. I was I was really surprised. Yeah. I was really I heard a surprised. Lot of, a lot of people are saying good things about it. So yeah, yeah, I just watched yeah. it today. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Nice. What did you think of Predators? Alien Adrian Brody. I thought the premise <clears> was good. Yeah, yeah, and I love Adrian Brody. He's probably one of my favorite actors. So I probably like most things that he's in, even if the movie shit. <laughs> but. If I'm entertained, I'm happy. There's nothing yeah. worse than being bored or just like tuning out or trying to multitask while you're watching a movie. That's like the kiss of death. So oh, I was yeah. engaged. I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean, that's... yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's certainly a, um, a a different role for him. So it was a real interesting surprise yeah, right there. For sure. Yeah, I for sure. would have never predicted him in that role. Yeah. So. It's nice when, when actors do that. It's kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. Let's steer it back to writing. What, is, what yeah. do you like best about writing, and what's the easiest part of it for you? Uh, I don't think there's anything easy about it, so I don't think I have an answer for that one. Um, okay. I think the best part, though, is – I. Hmm. Probably the best part is once you've, like, finished. And I don't – and I mean, like, editing and, like, you're ready to that point where you're like, okay, now I feel like I can put this out into the world, either submitting it, um, getting it published or whatever. I think there's nothing better than that feeling of just, like, holy shit, I did it. It's like it took me a week. It took me six months. It took me two years. But it's like when you get to that point where you know it's as good as, like, in your vision – it's probably, you know, even after that point, sometimes they could probably still use editing, but that's usually a lot of times when you submit it somewhere, they'll help you with that. But um, I think that point when you're ready to let your little baby out into the world, that is yeah. probably one of the best, best Joy feelings of giving in birth to your literary baby. Yeah. 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 Joy yeah. of giving yeah. birth to your literary baby. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, they're feeling, I mean, that's, you know. I think that's probably yeah. my yeah. favorite part. The send button. The send, yeah. yeah. Send. <laughs> Congratulations. It's a Madden strip. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I, I know. Um, for, for when my uh, first book came out, it was one of the weirdest timing on it. Um, at the time, my wife was working in a uh, grocery store uh, called Publix. And oh yeah, there's yeah. I'm very familiar with Publix. So. Oh cool. Yeah. So, been to Florida uh, a lot. Yeah, I've been to Florida a lot. Nice. So uh, obviously, you know, we're, you know, the stubs are uh, very famous on that part. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, um, what happened was uh, the timing was so crazy that um, one of her coworkers was pregnant. And mm-hmm. they, um, you know, as it goes down the food chain, in, in, in a matter of speaking, um, you know, the the associates' names got all switched up and things like that. So uh, I walked in uh, to uh, go and pick my wife up, and uh, one of the ladies at the front of the store came up and was like, oh, I just heard the news. Congratulations. And I'm like, well, thank you. It's your first one. I'm like, yes, it is. You know, uh, it took a long time, but it's finally here. Well, you know, what, what? so tell me, you know, what what, what else uh, did you have to say about it? I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it was, it was aggravating at times. You know, I, I set it on fire. I put a knife yeah. in it. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? I'm like, well, well, well the book. I've got a book signing coming. I'm like, what you no, what about, about the baby? I'm like, what baby? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a mix-up there. <laughs> that sounds like That's a three company <laughs> I know how many, you know, if I was like, wow, so, you know, life likes to throw all the uh, sense of humor out at times. <laughs> humor is a, I like including a lot of humor, I think, in my story. My family growing up, that was a huge, like, defense mechanism, so I think it just, it's just part of thinking the way I write now, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of like the catalyst that's like the opposite. You got like a serious, horrific thing going on, but then you got somebody, you know, they're waiting around silently, you know, waiting for see what happens, and maybe somebody cracks a fart or something, and mm-hmm. you're, you know, something well, like, that just does all the opposite or something like that, you know? Yeah. And I think humor has a place. Like, I know a lot of people don't like horror and comedy together, but I think you can't have 100% tension scare all no. the time. No. It gets right. monotonous, and it's like a, so. You need that, you know the uh, levity. You need that little joke or that little comedy break just to kind of help break it no, and break no, that tension. No, Francie, no. Why? <laughs> Why I quit? What? No. Uh oh, something happened. No, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like we're going to need that uh, humorous anecdote right now to uh, distract the audience. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised Ingus really ain't coming on yet to tell us to get off. I know. So, I thought, like, after, like, an hour, it would be like, yeah. okay, you have well, five minutes. Well, sometimes it an hour and ten minutes, and then sometimes an hour and a half, sometimes an hour and fifteen. So she's never really on time. 
It's not that thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. You, it, you, just, huh. you, know, you said you do a podcast too, Peggy? Uh, no, I don't do one myself. I've been on a few, but... Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have my own or anything. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, like, the one I just did was NC. It's I think on the same platform that you guys use. It's called okay. Talk Radio or whatever, but it's called NC17. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that a couple weeks ago, I think, already at this point. So uh, that was fun. I met that guy uh, who runs that. I think it maybe it was night. It was at that Motor City Legacy. I think that's where I met him. So he bought a book, and he was like, "Are you guys going to be, you know, asking if the law was going to be doing Comic Con?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, we'll be there." And he's like, "Okay, I'll come by and I'll get another one of your books." I'm like, "Okay, woohoo!" That's cool. So then he asked yeah. me to to be on the show. So um, I like doing podcasts. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, so she's just kind of sitting around shooting the shit, and, you know. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, that's why when like my husband that? was like, okay, you know, what questions did they prepare? I'm like, there are no questions that are prepared. We just kind of sit around and talk. So. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever have well, that's mostly uh, how Francie does it too. Is uh, well, she does prepare uh, questions. Uh, mm-hmm. But then it, it turns into like what Solomon Burke said when he was on the show, the soul singer. Uh, it, this is kind of really comfortable. I haven't had a oh, radio show like this before. I feel like I'm just sitting on the couch with y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah very fun. I like it when it's a little more relaxed like that. It just lets people just get a chance to just kind of chill. You know, it's like maybe help with like nerds or anybody, you know, who's never done like a show or any kind of like public speaking, quote unquote, but um, I think it makes it a little easier. And it's just kind of free, free talking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Are most of your protagonists being a female author? Are most of your protagonists male or female? I mean, I'm just trying to get your perspective on that. Honestly, I think prefer? most of mine are, I think most of mine are male. That's just the way I write okay. them. I never consciously think one way or the other until I'm like starting to write the story and the character feels to me, whether it should be a guy or a girl, that's just, I don't know why that's how it is, but um, I don't know if that's maybe my sense of like growing up, I was always a tomboy and never was really, I mean, I like girly girl stuff, like what we would call girly girl stuff. But um, I think in general, I never really like, you know, never felt like I was never one of those girls, you know, growing up. I was always yeah. in the mud, getting dirty, climbing trees, doing shit like that. So, And I always had short hair, too. So I always kind of looked yeah. like a boy, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I think most of my stories end up with male uh, protagonists. Yeah. I think only one of mine, I think my vampire novel, the, the main, well, the, female, the vampire was a female, but, you know, mm-hmm. she's on a ship sailing from Buffalo to D- Chicago on the Great Lakes, so. Most of the mm-hmm. other people were male, but mm-hmm. main antagonist I mean, I have there both. was female. Yeah. Yeah, I have both, but yeah, I think especially in shorter stories, I think most of my yeah. main characters go towards the male side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for you, what's the difference between novels and short stories writing? What do you find tougher at times? Or I think. I think novels are a little bit harder for me just because it, it's like the long game um, or short yeah. stories. It's like you can usually push through those a little bit quicker. You know, sometimes you can write those in a day and sometimes those might take a couple of weeks, yeah. but either way it's, it's a short game. 
Whereas, you know, the novel, there's a lot more planning and, you know, you have to pay attention to storylines, make sure there's no plot holes, character consistency. So it's yeah. like there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot more moving parts that go into uh, a novel. But that said, at the same time, like two-sentence horror stories or drabbles, which are only 100 words, those can be extremely difficult because you've got to get your point across and punch someone in the face in very, very limited wording, you know, and that's super hard. I think those are very, very difficult. They're fun to try and do and they're fun to work on, but I think those are very challenging. Do you have any personal rules for writing? Personal rules? Uh, I think the only things I don't write is I cannot kill animals in my stories. Um, I can kill babies and people all day long. I don't give a shit. But animals, I cannot do it. I can't watch movies that have that kind of stuff for the most part, um, particularly if it's gratuitous. If it's very blatant or very gratuitous or it's like, you know what? We already know that these bad guys have slaughtered like 6,000 people in this town and all of this and over here. It's like they don't need to kill the dog. It's like, I yeah. already got it. I got it. They're the bad guys. Okay, we don't, we don't need them to, like, kill all the pets in the shelter. It's okay. You know, it's like there's only been, like, one movie I have completely shot off. I, I do review some films for the website of Cinema Head Cheese, and they used to send me, like, DVDs, but now I get the screener links. But it was an independent yeah. film. It was a short, you know, like, maybe 15 minutes or something. And, yeah. like, five minutes in, I turned it off. And I, I took it out and I told the guy, I said, you're going to have to find someone else to do this because within the first five minutes, and they didn't obviously do this for real, but, you know, they put a dog in a garbage bag, beat it to death with a baseball bat, set it on fire, and then threw it in a river. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's and that was in the first five minutes. I'm like, that is absolutely ridiculous. There is no point to any of that except shock value. I'm like, and that was just super lazy. Super stupid. So I'm like, dude, I can't do shit like that. So I can't put that kind of stuff in my writing either. That's just that's oh. just how I feel inside. It's hard for me to do that. So I just don't do it. I agree. No, nothing Good. else seems to be off limits, though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, everything else yeah, is uh, open value. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't say I've ever written right. a rape scene, so I don't know about that. If I ever get to that point, we'll find out if I can do it. I've kind of stayed away from that myself, that animals. And I do, I don't try not to get kids in it. I, I don't know why it's like, you know, <laughs> maybe I, if I I've ever actually stay, been a parent, that, that would part, be different you know? for me. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe that would be really. different if I was a parent. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I have no problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so. no. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Some kids can be cruel. I mean, yeah, I, I actually have it in my um, forever uh, in my forever trap story. One of the stories is like the protagonist is like a little girl who is just like the bad seed. I'm like, wow, this is really bad. So I can make them the bad guys too, yeah. as well as kill them off. But yeah, yeah, I think I have That's to have be bad if I gotta kill them off, or they're gonna be. <laughs> I've got a a little something. I think that it's kind of funny uh, talking about um, uh, not wanting to kill animals in fiction and and whatnot. I wrote a story called Looks Like a Rat to Me, um, and it's it's a were-rat 
kind of story. It, it, uh, okay. And uh, uh, it, it takes place in suburbia with a guy that has a family, and, and uh, then he starts, like, um, uh, having delusions of, of all these, like, giant rats that are there, and, and uh, he ends up, in my story, he ends up um, killing his wife, and he ends up uh, killing at the end he thinks that it's all the rats and everything all the giant rats and and uh, one giant rat like kills his his uh, uh his baby son and um uh, and stuff and it turns out that uh towards the end it was him that did it and the cops get him and he he'd uh, become like some kind of a were rat long story short but the thing is ironically it was turned into a comic book and yeah. in the comic book story they were saying, no, 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 we can't have the child getting killed in it. It's too intense. Let's make it the dog. And I'm, no. no, no, really? So in the comic book, they turned it into a dog being, like, uh. slaughtered instead of the baby. And I'm going, you know, I think, uh. you know, I, I, I'd rather have it be the baby. <laughs> but I didn't really have a choice. And, you know, the artwork's beautiful yeah. or whatever, but. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, ironic that I purposely made mm-hmm. it so that the animals wouldn't get killed. And then, you know, that happens. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oy. Oy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think something. Uh, short story about uh, my dog. So the British woman is about to cut us off. Oh. Uh, I was wondering. Yeah. It's been oh, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to invite you back sometime. Or some What's of the other time? guam members. Might have to try to invite yeah. some of the other guam members back. Yeah, you know? for sure. I'll uh, get back. Yeah. yeah. Where can you yeah, find where me? Where can we um, find you online? Yeah. If, um, like, my website, I have all my information and links to everything. It's called themonkeyisin.com. Uh, long story, monkey was my dad's nickname for me. That's why it's in my – it doesn't sound very horror-esque, but that's what it is. Um, I'm on Facebook. It's author Peggy Christie. This is my Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram. I believe my handle on that is just pmonkey710. Um, those are probably the main ones. Uh, that people can find me there. Okay, did we scare you away? Can we book you again? <laughs> oh, absolutely. This would be fun to do again. Sure. Cool. Awesome. I'll see if I can get. Yeah, I'll see if anyone from. I'll see if anyone else from Blah wants to do it too. Or even have them call call in too. Yeah. 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 I did you know. not say William. I just said awesome. Oh, why? What were you going to say, These characters I do this show with called up when I was at my daughter's wedding in Minnesota last October. And that's what this <laughs> way. I was a little drunk when they called. So I've been known to be a little bit snackered on the show a few times. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, because it was a Jewish wedding, so they well, had it on Sunday, so it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, oh, you know. And, and, and of course, when I'm, not, when I'm not writing, I also happen to have a very warped sense of humor, and I'm prone to pulling practical jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jim and I said, holy crap. 
if you got two daughters puking in a wedding, you you got it going on. <laughs> well, I didn't have two doing oh. I had one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, she partied a little bit too much from the mimosas in the morning <laughs> all the way to the whatever she was drinking that night. So, but we have a family of drinkers, you know. Yeah. And I love the, the, the only difference between our weddings and funerals is a few less drunk, so you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, but no, it was a good show. It was good having you on. Thanks for talking to us. Oh, thank, no, thanks for uh, letting me know about this, John. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised well, that we've not great. met each other yet. Yeah. yeah. Where are you out in California, though? Oh, yeah, in Sacramento. Okay. Gotcha. That would probably be why we've never met. South Carolina, so. No. No, that's great. I love you, Nicholas. Uh, This English lady's running late tonight, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, this I, I the told after her show. beforehand. I was like, that British woman is gonna make, like stress you out. Yeah, she'll, <laughs> just, she'll just chop us off, and we won't hear anything. Then she'll think, okay, it's over. <laughs> you know. Like, oh, show's over. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> gonna say your show is ended. Goodbye, and it's like yep. in mid sentence. <clears throat> Damn, <laughs> that's hardcore. Yeah. She, yeah. she honestly does that. It's like goodbye. Yeah. That's where we're standing. <laughs> so we should probably give us a goodbye in. Oh, you got to hear this song. Hold on. It's like I'm sure you guys have a wrap up, right? Close out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We do. We do. Yeah. So. You gonna play it? Rancy or uh, we should play Don't Bite Your Friends. <laughs> Don't bite your friends. Fight or bite? Bite. 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 Okay. Bite. Just checking. Just checking. My hearing is not what it used to be, so yeah. I'm just checking. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that was good. We'll have to have you back and the Guag group and everything. That, you know. Yeah, that was it. Was a lot of fun. Talk. Yeah. What you know, writers are. Yeah. I think they're good for the show. Were they. You know. Well, I'm yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I can email the group and uh, kind of see yeah. if it will, you know who'd be interested, and then they can get in touch with you. Tom. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we don't bite much here. We're pretty good. We're laid back. We. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm ask a lot of questions. And... We don't usually oh, buy. I mean, we try to. Yeah, not usually. I mean, like the song says, uh, we have to remind ourselves by playing the songs. Otherwise, we just might bite. Yep. <laughs> oh, <well, laughs> I gotta get into the. Uh... Yep. So, yeah, tell Rob I said hi, and how's he oh, doing? Absolutely. How's Rob doing? Oh, well, totally stressed. It's uh, busy season. 
for his store oh. stuff, school, with yeah. school back in town, you know, back in session yep. and getting all the rental programs. It's um, September's a crazy three weeks coming <laughs> or four weeks or whatever. Yeah. It's uh, I'll be lucky if I get to see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He does work hard. Yeah. It's one of those where he's gone by eight o'clock in the morning and maybe I'll see him nine o'clock at night, nine, 10 o'clock at night. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a rough few months. Yeah. I think Francie um, forgot where the song is. <laughs> I'm, getting like there. I'm getting there. I gotta, I gotta. She's looking for it. Yeah. Oh, oh. Almost. Oh, my like, Getting there. Ah, <laughs> wow. uh, here we go. Ah, uh, here we go. Hello oh. again. Hey, everyone's playing together right now. <laughs> Look, there they are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop. Luna, we can't play if you bite Lufa. We don't ever want to bite our friends. Don't, don't, don't bite your friends. Don't, don't, don't bite your friends. We don't bite our friends. Uh-uh. We don't pull their hair. Uh-uh. Friends are our friends. Uh-huh. So we treat them with care. So don't. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.